They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast, where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. Starting off the weekend, we are introducing a new side into our deep dive discussions. And that side is Newcastle. Are Newcastle going to make the top four? No. I, I really feel like... No, never mind. I take that back. Yeah, they probably will. <laughs> Our position's in danger. Uh, Newcastle... I mean, rightfully so. We're talking about it now. Um, I mean, they're they're deservedly in that in that third spot. So, yeah, they'll probably make it. Yeah, when you first said that, I was like, "No," I was like, "You think you guys going to step up?" Because I mean, that's not that's not a big talk. Is it gonna be Newcastle? Is it gonna be Manu? Is it gonna be Liverpool? Tottenham? That place is up for grabs. The beauty of it, though, is it's so tight that there's almost two spots up for grabs. Is there a possibility that Newcastle and Man United both miss out on the top four? No, no, no. It, it's, it's one of those three. Liverpool, Newcastle, United. Liverpool are obviously the, the outsiders looking in because they have to win out. It's not in their own hands, whereas Newcastle and United, it's in their own hands. But, I mean, Liverpool are probably in the best run of form among those three right now. I mean, they won six in a row. Their schedule after this week, they travel to Leicester, who are in real danger of getting relegated. They play Villa at home, and they travel to Southampton for the last game of the season, who most likely are going to be down and out by then. So speaking of who they're going to play this weekend, Newcastle versus Leeds. We know that we spoke about Big Sam coming in against City, hoping for the new manager bounce. Didn't quite work out for him, although... I still thought an impressive performance. What kind of game are we expecting to see this weekend against Newcastle? Well, I mean, we saw it against City. They wanted to limit their mistakes. They wanted to take it easy, um, not make any uh, stupid mistakes. They did it by crowding the midfield. Uh, I think it was Forshaw that came in for his first start since... Uh, it, it was only his third start of the season. So... And they have Rodrigo now, too. They can't play Bamford. I mean, I saw this guy's miss. I think it was against... Uh, it was a blue team. I forget which team it was. But it was a it was a blue jersey team. And he missed a golden chance from a corner. While as, whereas Rodrigo, he's playing clinical, clinical this season. He has double-digit goals in the league. Uh, he's had some injury problems, but he scored against City, too, to make the game uh, very interesting at the end. So they've got to be clinical. So, I think you you basically just answered the question, but I guess you can we can have a clearer question now for for everybody. Bamford, definitely you want him replaced by Rodrigo. You're definitely saying Rodrigo over Bamford. I mean, yeah, that's what Sam. I'll, that's what that's what Big Sam's team needs a striker to to put in those chances. I mean, he had Jermaine Defoe at Sunderland. He didn't have that at West Brom. That's probably why he failed to keep them from relegation. But yeah, he needs that. And Bamford isn't it. But do you think that can work? Like Big Sam's style of play, his directness, his rough kind of nature. 
Do you think that side is going to work against a Newcastle side who is already very physical, very talented this season and have a lot to play for? I know Leeds have a lot to play for, but this match is going to be very competitive. I mean, I, I do think so. They showed it against them in the reverse fixture. They frustrated Newcastle with their physicality. A little bit of time wasting in there as well. Touche. But I, I think that they can. They can do a job. I'm not, and I'm hopeful of that because not just because we're in danger, um, but I really do believe that with Leeds, with their backs against their wall, they can put in a performance. I mean, who expected them to keep it that close against City, you know? Yeah, and especially after Newcastle came off of the back of a loss against Arsenal, this is probably the perfect chance for Leeds to come in and pounce. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle are probably going to be expecting a response as well, but this is the best game for Leeds in the remaining fixtures. They go away to West Ham. West Ham are, I guess, pretty much safe now, but they it, it's still away from home, which is tough. And then they invite, they host Tottenham in the last game of the season. You know, Tottenham are going to fight for things at the end of the season too. So this is this is a, a do-or-die game for Leeds. Yeah, speaking of Tottenham, another top four challenge, and they travel to Villa. Can they get a result against Villa? Well, Villa suffered two defeats in a row away from home. But they're going to bounce back against Tottenham. Yeah, I think they have to. I mean, but then he- here's a question, though. Tottenham are, uh, did bounce back in their last match as well. So is it a theme? Are Tottenham now back on the rise? I mean, they didn't have enough, right? They didn't show enough. I said it was a boring match. And that tells you they didn't have enough going forward. You can sacrifice one thing. Uh, but Tottenham don't seem to be having both at the same time. Tottenham have always had an attacking threat, potent attack. They can score goals, but they've never had the defensive solidity. But when they do, like they did against Palace, their attack just becomes dull. So it, it's it's a dilemma for Ryan Mason, I'm sure. But I just, I don't see it. Yeah, I think I'm sitting here thinking there's no chance either side here is keeping a clean sheet. I'm looking at both teams to score. I'm looking at Kane to definitely score. Who are the standout players on either side? Particularly Aston Villa, because I think we know who the standout player is on Tottenham, obviously. Who are some key players to look out for on Aston Villa? Well, I think for me, uh, a lot's been said about Ollie Watkins and his form. His form has dipped since, I think, I want to say it was the Fulham match or the one before the Brentford match where uh, he had been on a terrific uh, run of goal scoring, but he hasn't scored since then. And Villa, rightfully so, rely on him. So he's going to have to do something big against Tottenham. Una Emery has said it. This is this is their final for, for Villa if they want to have any chance of qualifying for any European competition next season. Because they travel to Anfield in the last game of the season, they played Brighton, another European Compet- uh, competitor so I guess all three games are, are finals for them just like it is for us but honestly so here's a question then will Villa qualify for Europe no I think Brighton and Tottenham just about edged them 
So Tottenham fans, you have something to be happy about. And Brighton fans, you also have something to be happy about. As far as this game goes, is this game going to be the deciding factor for that European spot? Yeah, it's huge. But I mean, but then again, you ask Tottenham or even the Brighton fans. Maybe maybe Brighton fans, it's a little different. As a Tottenham fan, would you even want to qualify for the Conference League? It's just a waste at that point. It's like a disrespect. Yeah, okay. Tottenham aren't a huge club. I'll, I'll give them that. But still, they don't belong in the Conference League. You sure? I think they don't belong in Europe <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, they need to just stay stay away from Europe, bro. Like, they're starting it up. They're giving England a bad name, to be honest. Like, it's almost embarrassing. Like, I'd rather have Brighton representing England in Europe, to be honest. Well, to be but, fair, yeah, you have the same amount of European trophies as Tottenham, so... Yeah, but at least we represent better, bro. At least we have some class. Like, honestly. What They're class? Zero, zero trophies? Class. We play class football. And that's that's why we actually have a chance of winning the Premier League this season. We're actually battling. Unlike you guys who are kind of scraping to even try and make the top tier European competition in the Champions League or else you will be playing on Thursdays. And the table will have finally turned to where now I can laugh at you for Thursday night football. But... That challenge begins here at Old Trafford against Wolverhampton Wanderers. A side that you really should be expecting to collect the three points regardless of your defensive injury woes. But the question is, will Man United collect the three points against Wolves? Wolves have already secured, mathematically confirmed their safety. So... Let's just go easy, you know. I'm sure a lot of their players are already thinking about going off to Dubai, uh, you know, at the Caribbean islands, Jamaica included. So why not? Why not just go easy on us? You know, just let, let us have three points. You know, your season is done. You have nothing to play for. Just just let us have an easy win. You you shipped six to Brighton the other week. You can talk for maybe three or four to us. Hold on, did you just say? easy game you know that doesn't exist in the Premier League well I didn't say it'll be an easy game but I'm asking the Wolves players to just go easy on us because frankly we know who's who's good enough on that team we know who's not good enough on that team who is good enough on that team well we don't need to go into there's the obvious like Ruben Neves um, I mean I don't even need to mention his name but I know Pedro Neto's been injured for a while. I guess he has some point to prove. Mateus Cunha, he's coming and done well. Diego Costa is, he could retire tomorrow and no one would bat an eye. So just, I mean, Diego Costa, you're 37. <laughs> what, what are you doing for real, bro? You've terrorized the league enough. And I mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that in a respectful way to say that you came and did well. You did for one season, but other than that, you just. You're just a dirty player. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He did terror. He did. He did terrorize Arsenal as well, though, in terms of goal scoring. That he did. That one season. That's why I say one. One season, maybe two. But other than that, just a dirty player. I mean, don't you think Diego Costa is a dirty player? Well, I, yeah, I don't think he's a clean player, but. 
That he definitely is not. But here is to 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 solidify this match. Even though I don't think they're gonna go easy, but if they go easy, if they don't go easy, do you think that you'll come out with a victory? Yeah, I think our our home forms good enough. I just don't think Wolves have enough to overcome us, especially away from home. I mean, you look at their games, they barely score more than one. So it's it'll take a lot of, I won't say miracles, but a lot of hard work for Wolves to even, I, I would be very surprised if they manage to get a point here, even. One question I want to ask, though, before we move on is, when as we, we always talk about the defensive injuries that you guys have right now, but are you guys even missing your defensive centre-backs at the moment? I mean, at times it seems like you guys honestly play better without them. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I think, I mean, I said this before, but we're we're missing, we're sacrificing other parts of the game to solidify our defence. So that's why you don't feel the, the absence as big, but I, are okay. Let, let me put it this way: their injuries have not necessarily weakened us defensively, but they've weakened us in other areas of the pitch. I see what you're saying. You're taking somebody out of an attacking area. Luke Shaw's attacking threat is being sacrificed to come and help out in defense. Yeah, and that's that being the main one. Yeah, right. So moving on to your noisy neighbors, and I'm, I need them to quiet down this weekend. And maybe Everton can help out where that's concerned. And Everton side that very much impressed against Brighton, a 5-1 victory. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. But we need some of the same energy here again this weekend at Goodison Park against City. Can Everton give themselves a massive boost in the relegation battle against City. If City have the Champions League match on the back of their heads, or maybe I should say on the front of their heads, then I think they could. I mean, do you think that Pep Guardiola would, would rotate the side as heavily as there's reports that Real Madrid are going to bench all their players this weekend for the league game because there's no point for them. Barcelona running away with the league. That's not the case for City. Do you think there's a chance that City rotate to that extent? I mean, they kind of have to. They're in a juggling battle right here. A juggling act. They they tied one all against Real Madrid in the Champions League. And this is the year Pep, I think, has to win the Champions League over everything. He's shown that he is the man in the Premier League. He's shown that for, for City. He's shown that he can win that. He's shown that he can do everything in England. It's now about can he prove himself in Europe? He has all the tools he could ask for. He has all the resources he could ask for. He got Haaland. He got whoever he needs. He has all the depth. Now it's about finish the job. And I think if he misses the Champions League this year, his status will forever still... Not forever, because he can win it later, but his status will remain as you still haven't done it in the Champions League. But then you could also say it's Holland's first year. Pep's has Pep's got probably two or three more tries in him, right? Can you say that as well? I mean, 
it to me, Pep has to win Champions League this year. It doesn't like no. It doesn't matter how whatever other way you want to look at it. Like he has to win it this year. Maybe I'm saying that because I want him to get distracted. Yeah, not not, not from an Arsenal fan's perspective. <laughs> no, but e- even so, even so, I think he has to win it this year. There's no other. There's no other option, unless you want to say like how you said. Maybe Haaland needs some time to adapt. I don't. I still don't want to. Even if you want to give him one extra year after that. There's just no excuses. There really isn't. You have had everything you could ask for. You've had no re- no real major injuries, to be honest, have they? Who have they had majorly injured this season? I think their their key players have been in, in terms of the spine. Rodri, well, Diaz, Diaz, Diaz has been out for a while. For, Diaz, for a okay, but, okay, Diaz. Well, he, he's he's back in time for the, the crucial run in. Back and... in time for the crucial run in, and they have the depth to cover that up. There's a difference between the drop off. I know I'm going. I'm comparing a little bit to Arsenal here, but when you have two in, when you have Saliba, Tamiyasu injured, and you go straight to holding, it's different than when you have Diaz injured and you can pick from Stones, Akanji, and Ake. It's different. It's very different. Yeah, I think, I think beginning of the season, probably you're looking at okay, this season as a transition period, maybe. But looking at how the season's played out, I mean, as long as they get past Real Madrid, I think there's there's no chance either the Italian teams have any chance against City, right? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I think we're looking at what should have been the final in the Madrid City semi-final, and we're looking at Inter AC as kind of the the yeah, make. I mean, yeah. I mean, the quality just isn't there in, in either of the Milan sides. And if you look at City's record in the Champions League this season, they've thrashed everybody at home. 6-0 against Leipzig. 3-0 against Bayern, right? On the other hand, Real Madrid have faced both of the English teams. Liverpool, they thrashed them 5-2. Chelsea, they didn't need to, but they still scored two. So, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be a great game. So someone like you don't like that Syria uh, matchup at all, though. Uh, there's just no quality in them. Okay, okay, they've both made the semifinals, so we have to give him credit. But there's just not enough quality in it to say they could beat. Uh, maybe Real Madrid, I don't know, but especially City, there's no chance. And then before I move on, though. We always say, obviously, you know, Champions League winners, they get the title. Champions of Europe. They're the best team in Europe. If one of those Serie A teams were to go on and win it, would you rightfully claim them as the best team in Europe? No. <laughs> no. It'll be another... Regardless of that title? No. I mean, it's not fair comparing them to the Chelsea side of 2012, but there's just no way they're one of the best teams in Europe. There just isn't. You look at their sides, and there's just glaring holes on most areas of the pitch. Whereas City, there isn't any. On paper, or in, or in actually how they, they set up on the field? I'll say more more on paper. Um, I mean, when you're when you're trotting out 37-year-old uh, Jekyll and 34-year-old Mkhitaryan, doesn't look good. But that, I guess... You know, I guess that's what class is. You know, Edin Dzeko, he was scoring 
30 goals 15 seasons ago, and he's still doing it. Not 30 goals, but... A player who was a crucial player, who had a crucial impact in City's title win when Aguero scored that famous goal. He was the one who scored... The equaliser. The equaliser against QPR. To get them back in it, thankfully he's not at City right now to be able to do some shit like that again, but... Hopefully, there's nobody else who can make up for that. Enough, enough of City in the Champions League. I'm, I'm genuinely worried, <laughs> but it's nah, enough yeah. of it. Yeah, let's move on to to a side who hopefully can trump them in the Premier League. Arsenal hosting Brighton in what is going to be a very exciting match and a difficult one for both sides. Brighton coming off the back of an embarrassing loss against Everton. Are Brighton going to spin this around, be motivated, and make a revenge and make a revenge performance? Or are they going to carry on from a slump that they had against Everton? You know, they haven't been good in recent times. I think the slump will continue. So they beat us. Con- well, maybe not a convincing win for Arsenal, but they beat us by courtesy of a last-minute penalty. Just very unlucky circumstances for us. But I, I just, I mean, they, they weren't good. You know, I know a lot of the talks were, well, Brighton are, are a very solid side. and But they haven't, they created jack shit against us. You know, and then defensively, what I mentioned about the keeper and Adam Webster, just, just not good enough defensively, right? And they got exposed, rightfully so, against Everton. What are your top three areas to look out for in this match? Well, 100% midfield. Midfield is going to be crucial. Uh, McAllister, Caicedo was an Arsenal target, if you remember. so A massive target. Primary yeah. target. Probably still is, after maybe Declan Rice. That's about it. So I know that's what you're going to be watching out for. But it's it's a shame that the striker's out injured. Evan Ferguson, I think he recently signed a new contract. He's he probably won't be fit for this game either. I, I don't think unless he's he's gonna make it back. Even if he is, he's probably not gonna be in the best of form. Um, because we saw we saw news today that Saliba and Zinchenko are expected to be out for the rest of the season. Which I'm obviously I'm gutted about, but I see this as an opportunity for Tierney. KT has got to come in and show everybody and say, yo, I'm still here. Like, I'm still a part of this squad. He's been linked with a move away. And this is a great opportunity for him to come in and say, hey, maybe you pick me over Zinchenko. Because a lot of fans have been raising the question, including me, about Zinchenko's defensive abilities. I don't think there's any question about what he can offer on the ball and his technical ability. But then there's just that lapse in concentration when we're a bit on the back foot and you're asking for a bit more defensive solidity and then Zinchenko just gets caught napping. And those are the areas where Tierney comes in and he can do that shift. And you could see Arteta learn that against Newcastle the last time. He failed to do it against Liverpool. He got caught out for it. Failed to do it against Chelsea. Got caught out for it, but at least it wasn't costly. And then this time against Newcastle, we learned from it, and Tierney was able to come and lock up shot. 
So maybe that kind of that kind of mentality will be good for the latter stages of the season where we're noticing a defensive lapse for Arsenal. But I do want to know if Arteta is going to play Tierney in the Zinchenko role or is he going to shift things up to get the best out of Tierney and get him attacking down the flank? I mean, they're two different... They're totally different players. So I don't think you can just shift or ask Tierney to do the same job that uh, Zinchenko has been doing because there's probably no one better at the moment from that left-back spot to do what Zinchenko has been doing than the man himself. But he's and, been asked to by Arteta. He's been playing that role when he's coming. But, um, but I mean, there's a reason why there's there's links of a way, a move away from Arsenal for Tierney just because he's just not the type of player. And I agree with that 100%. I agree that he's definitely born and bred to play down that left flank and be streaking up and down like Forrest Gump. But there definitely has been times when he has come in, he's been asked to fit that role. Because you know how Arteta is. He's so just drilled into his system that he, if, if you're coming in, you have to play the exact role that's being asked. It doesn't matter what's best for you. It's about you're coming in and you're playing that role. It doesn't matter. And that's what Tierney's been asked to do when he's come in. Yeah. Well, speaking of transfers in the summer, have you found an answer to my question about a possible striker signing for Arsenal this summer? Boy, I was thinking about it. I was actually at the barber today, as you can see from the fresh trim, you know what I'm saying? Big up the barber. Big up Good Look Salon in Cincinnati. Anytime you guys are in Cincinnati, check that place out. But we were watching the Europa League match with Liverpool, uh, sorry, with Sevilla versus Juventus and a goal came up. Don't get too mad at me, but the first goal was scored by N. Nesiri, or however you pronounce that. Please correct me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Put it in the comments, the better pronunciation. But he has been, he seems like a good backup striker. Somebody like a target man, a hold-up, a hold-up player. That's what the barber was actually saying to me. He was the one who recommended. He was like, yo, what about him for a backup striker? I was like, you know what? That actually sounds like a decent move. I was a bit reluctant at first. I didn't know if he had the strength, but maybe he could be that guy to come in and be the backup striker for us when needed. Seems to be performing quite well in the Europa League, carrying Sevilla pretty well. So maybe that's an option. We've been linked with him before in the past. So I don't know. Do you think do you think he could be a good player for us? He'll he'll do a job. I mean, he's got he's got the different type of profile that you're you're looking for. He's he's taller, not not the hugest, uh, not the tallest guy, um, but he's good in the air, uh, has good physical presence, and he can score. He can score goals certainly. But I'm just I'm just not convinced by him. I mean, when I watch Seville play. This is not just on him, but the, the team in general. They were just so poor. And and, and Nesri came on in the or came alive in the second game uh, because he didn't even start against us in the, in the first leg. So maybe I'm being unfair on him. But I just don't see anything special about the guy. But I guess if you're talking about a backup striker, I guess he could come in and do a job. Yeah. 
You let us know what you think. Do you think Enesiri can be a good backup striker for Arsenal? But moving on to the final match, which is taking place on Monday Night Football. You know, that's our favorite because all eyes are going to be on this one. And it's the two L's, Leicester versus Liverpool. And you know, I don't know nothing about L's. <laughs> I only deal with the W, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 W, W, W. But Leicester are looking in deep danger for that relegation battle. None of the players are happy about it. None of the fans are happy about it. Liverpool have a Champions League spot to chase. Are they going to put the final nail in the coffin to Leicester for their Premier League campaign? We will see just how much of a fluke or real that Liverpool run of six games in a row is. Most of the games were at home or against very poor sides. And Leicester are a poor side this season. But I have some some form of faith in them. Um, mainly because of the manager. He's been there before. He's been there, done it with Villa. Villa were in a dire situation, uh, <clears throat> if you remember, two years ago or three years ago, maybe. So I have some hopes uh, on this Leicester side. Leicester are not, they don't, they're not short of good players. You know, they they have quality players. A lot of it just comes down to the, the team has lacked inspiration, ideas, and freshness, really. But I'm hoping because this is the only game that I really see Liverpool possibly dropping points. <laughs> and you better hope they do. Who are your key players to look out for in this one? How about our top three players to look out for in this match? First one, I mean, do I have to even say his name? Mo Salah. Mo Salah's been on a tear. This time, we'll see if he can score away from home. Uh, I want to pick somebody on the Leicester side, and that is Maybe uh, a boring option, but Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy's been starting recently. He's he's lost a lot of things that made him a good player, but he can still do a job against uh, an inexperienced Kanate and maybe a flailing, could I say, Virgil van Dijk. So I'm, I'm hoping, man, Vardy, your last flame... Even if this is not enough to keep Leicester in the Premier League, do you know do something? This is the, this is the fixture that he scored that that crazy goal, that memorable goal, if you remember. Definitely, definitely, that was in the Leicester Leicester winning season, right? Yeah. yeah. And then number three. I mean, I just have to look at the keepers, man. You look at Allison, who's probably the best keeper in the world, and you have. It's not Danny Ward anymore. Danny Ward has rightfully so been benched. To your to your your once again managerial instincts calling that one out. Yeah, the guy's not good enough. Simple as. Uh, but it's Iverson. I mean, I, I don't even know if he's much better, <laughs> frankly, than Danny Ward. So okay, there you have it. We're looking out for Mo Salah, Jamie Vardy, and the two keepers. A top three has turned into four. Yeah, I guess that'll make it four, but you you can look at just look at the difference between Allison and, and Iverson. So keep an eye out for that. Make sure you keep an eye out for Allison versus Iverson in this one. 
Sound like I was saying a basketball player's name there. Alan Iverson. Alison Iverson. Man. <laughs> That's all we have time for today. Guys, thanks for tuning in as always. We hope you enjoyed your time with us. Remember to subscribe, to leave comments, and share with your friends. Follow us on social media at FOTBPod. Don't forget to leave a review, rating, and most importantly, don't forget to turn on those notifications. Join us again next time as we discuss the highly anticipated upcoming Premier League action. Thanks again as always. See you then.